welcome to Pursuit Church Podcast, where we give those far from God the opportunity to pursue Christ. We are so glad you are here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God has a word for you through today's message. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This morning I want to speak on who is Jesus. You may be seated this morning. This morning, if you look around and you see somebody that's not usually here or maybe has only been here one time, why don't this week we reach out to them and tell them that we would love them to be here and we miss them? I want to see this place grow, and uh, I believe God is going to double our size very soon. I believe we're going to see revival. So this week, whoever it is, maybe they've only come one time, let's reach out to them this week. Tell them, hey, we miss them. We'd love to see you at, at our church. And I'll be praying for my dad. He just fell sick today, and he just wasn't, uh, it was, he was sick, I think. And uh, so let's be praying for him, and God keeps his hand on him. People can believe many things, and many do, but the greatest thing a person can believe in is Jesus. I want to show you what the Bible says about Jesus. Now, according to our text, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. Now, the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us is Jesus Christ. And so according to the Bible, in the beginning was Jesus. The Bible says Jesus was with God, but then the Bible goes on and says Jesus was God. In the beginning was Jesus. Again, according to our text, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In other words, according to Scripture... Jesus is the creator of all things, for all things were made through him, and without him, nothing could have been made. And so Jesus is the king of kings, and Jesus 
is the king of the kingdom of God. Jesus is the voice that proceeded from the throne during creation. It was Jesus who said, uh, let there be light. And there was light in the book of Genesis. It was Jesus who created all things. For Jesus said in John chapter 8, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And so he is the same voice that spoke to Abraham. He's the same voice that spoke to Moses. He's the same voice that spoke to the prophets of old. He is the voice of the Father. For Jesus said in John 10, I and my Father are one. John chapter 14, Jesus said, if you've known me, he said, you've known the Father. In fact, Jesus goes even further and says, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. So who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is the creator. He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the one which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. The New Testament will call him the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the author of life. He is the finisher of our faith. He is the voice of God in the Old Testament, and he's the voice of God in the New Testament, for he is God. Paul said in Colossians, he is the image, speaking of Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Paul said, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him, still speaking of Jesus. Paul goes on and says he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, that is the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence or the very beginning, meaning Paul is saying Christ is the first and there is none beside him. So who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is the designer of the world, the earth, the stars, the heavens. If you look outside into the night sky, if you've ever seen a picture of outer space, he designed it. And in your mother's womb, he created you. He created your innermost being. He knitted you together. The Bible says wonderfully and fearfully. And he is the life in your body today. And he's the light in this world. For the scripture says, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. Jesus is life. This is what Jesus said in John chapter 14. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. And Jesus is the light. For in John chapter 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. All light comes from Jesus, for Jesus is the light. But this is the problem. John chapter 3, verse 19. The light has come into the world. Still speaking about Jesus. The light has come into the world, but men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. 
In fact, our scripture says today he was in the world, of course, speaking about Jesus. He was in the world and the world was made through him, but the world did not know him. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. Can you imagine how that must have felt to Jesus? Your own not receiving you, those you have blessed, those you have delivered, You've answered their prayers. You brought them out of Egypt. You parted uh, the seas for them. You fought their battles. You gave them everything they needed from food and water. And from the very beginning and for generations, you have walked with them. And you robe yourself in flesh. And you're the same God. For the Bible says, for in him, Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus was the same God that they had walked with for generations. And even more than that, he was prophesied about many times by the prophets of old. Isaiah declared, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Again, Isaiah prophesied, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Many times the prophets of the Old Testament foretold his coming. They should have been expecting it. They should have been looking for this Jesus, but most weren't. For the Bible says he came to his own, and his own received him not. When I think about this, I am often surprised that there were only three recorded places in the New Testament where Jesus wept and Jesus cried. For his burden for the loss was so great. The burden for his people was so great. He wept when he saw the, the city of Jerusalem. It broke his heart for those were his people, or so he thought. They were supposed to be his people. Those were the people he had blessed, and, and those were the people that he had walked with. But he came to his own, and, and his own received him not. The Bible says he was despised and rejected by mankind. He was a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him to low esteem. And so what would happen is Jesus would turn to all people and Jesus would open his arms to all nations. Whosoever will, Jesus would begin to bid them to come. And Jesus would preach the gospel. And Jesus would heal the sick. And Jesus would deliver the captives. And many would receive their healing. And many would travel long distances just to try to touch the hem of his garment. For they knew that Jesus was a miracle worker. They knew that Jesus would heal them. And so Jesus is not just creator. Jesus is not just Lord, he's not just king, but Jesus is healer. Jesus is deliverer. Jesus is provider. Jesus is miracle worker. But even more than that, Jesus said, his own words, he said, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus, 
Again, we're talking about the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who's mighty in battle, the one who's faithful to call on, the ancient one, the righteous one, the one who will judge all mankind, the one who gave the law of Moses, the great judge, who will one day, as Isaiah proclaimed, execute judgment by fire. Jesus says, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. Well, how are you going to save us, Jesus? Why are you going to save us? Well, he says, why? Because it's not my will that you perish, but that you come to repentance. I am going to save you because I want to. I'm going to forgive you because I want to. It was my plan all along to save you. It was my plan to show the world mercy. Well, how? Well, the Bible says how. He himself will bear our sins in his body on the cross. He will take up our pain and bear our suffering. He will be crushed for our iniquities. He will be punished for our peace, wounded for our healing. He will hang on a cross and die a sinner's death, though having never sinned. You mean the creator, the king, the judge, the ancient of days? Yes, but he's not just creator, he's not just king, he's not just judge, but he's savior. He's the great deliverer. He's the good shepherd church, for the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He's the great forgiver. He's the captain of our salvation. He is Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Church, he's the great rescuer, the father of mercy, the God God of great grace, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. This is Jesus, our Passover, the Redeemer, the resurrection and the life. This is Jesus. And he did not come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world. He did not come to fight you. He came to forgive you. He has come to bring you out of darkness, for he is the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever will follow me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. He has not come to condemn you, but he's come to set you free. He's come to save you. He's come to give you hope. He's come to rescue you. Paul said he came to give himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. And so in this Jesus is eternal life, the plan of salvation. Paul said for in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. This was God's plan, his plan of mercy that those who were far from God because of their sin and iniquity have now been brought near to God by the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul said, God has come to deliver us from the power of darkness and convey us into the kingdom of his son in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And in him, Paul said, we have obtained an inheritance. In him you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation in whom you, after having believed, were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Paul is speaking about eternal life. 
Because of Jesus, we have eternal life. Because of Jesus, we've been brought close to God. We've been reconciled. Our, our sins have been paid for. What happened at the cross changed everything. When Jesus went to the cross and, and he died on that cross, he paid for all of your sin. He died for all of the sins for all humanity. The Bible says, and, and God demonstrated his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our redeemer. He's the perfect sacrifice, church, the lamb of God. Jesus is life giver. Jesus is hope restorer. He's the God of second chances. He's the God of great forgiveness. Though we did nothing to deserve it, Christ died for us. Though we turned our back to him, Christ died for us. This is who Jesus is. He's the God of mercy, the God of great forgiveness, the God who weeps when when he sees his people living in sin, the God whose heart breaks when we ignore his call of mercy. Because one day God will have to judge this world. It's a fact. It's not his desire to. For the Bible says he's patient with us not wanting anyone to perish, but wanting every single soul to come to repentance. He's so patient, church, and, and he's so merciful that I believe many times he's delayed his judgment. But eventually he has to judge. The God of righteousness has to judge sin. People say or, or people ask, you know, how can you call him just? How can you say he's the God of love if he sends people to hell? But God doesn't send anyone to hell. People willingly go there. People who have ignored the mercy of God go there. And besides that, God wouldn't be holy and God wouldn't be righteous if he didn't judge sin. He has to. He has to absolutely judge sin for righteousness and holiness is his identity. And I think about the suffering in hell and the length of time that eternity is. Really, that's a contradiction because eternity does not have a time. But I think about it, and I think about how some people say, I could never give this thing up, this thing in my life. I could never stop doing this. I could never let this thing go, this sin. And to think that they would allow that thing to separate them from God and bring them to an eternal hell because they couldn't give it up and they wouldn't come to repent. It's never my intention to scare somebody, but it is my intention to give the facts because I'll be judged as a preacher. I'll be judged as someone who, who preached the gospel. And so I intend to, to give the facts and I never intend to, to mislead anybody. Hell is real and it's worse than anyone has ever preached that it is. Hell is longer than anyone has ever preached that it is. And I think about the suffering in hell and, and I think about the, the length of eternity and, and I think about how some people say, I can never give some of these things up. I can never give up my old life. They have no idea the suffering in hell. They have no idea the realness and the seriousness of hell. They'll have to give it up in hell because hell won't give it to them. 
Hell will not provide them their fix. And I just know because of the leading of the Holy Spirit that some who have, are even a part of the church of God have kept some things hidden in their secret life and, and they feel somewhat safe because it's secret and, and they've kept it a secret and, and nobody knows it. Don't you know that nothing is hidden from the all-seeing eyes of God? Don't you know that God realizes how many times that you've ignored his spirit of conviction and, and his call to repent and change? Don't you know that really it's the love and, and it's the mercy of God pulling for you? Don't you know that, that God's mercy will not continue forever if you never heed his call? And yet some people say, I can't give this thing up. I don't control it. It controls me. It controls me. It tells me what to do. It tells me how to behave. You say, Pastor, I really don't like to talk about it. Nobody knows about it. My friends don't. My family doesn't. My spouse may not. But I have a sex addiction. Literally, I can't stop myself. I can't control my eyes. I can't control my thoughts. I, I can't control my body. It controls me. Or there's this thing that happened in my life, and, and it was a terrible thing. I, I was a true victim. I did not deserve it. It was not fair. It was totally awful. I could never get over it. I could never forget it. I could never forgive them. Or there's this thing that I can't give up. I, I can't even function throughout the day without it. I, I have to have it. I, I have to have my fix. I absolutely have to have it. In hell, you won't be able to satisfy the flesh. And yet your desire for those things will never go away. If you don't give up those things now, eventually you'll have to. And you won't have the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit to help you there. You'll just have to give them up on your own. And you'll find out very quickly it would have been much easier to give those things up with the help of God and with the help of friends and with the help of the church when I had the chance than on my own in this place of unending suffering. Maybe you have underestimated the power of God this morning. Paul said in Ephesians chapter one, he says, I want you to know about the great and mighty power that God has for us. It is the same power he used when he raised Christ from the dead. He's saying that same resurrection power that defeated sin, death, and the grave abides in you. Christ gives you authority. Christ gives you that same power. Paul goes on, he says, Christ rules over all forces, over all authorities, powers, and rulers. He rules over all beings in this world and, and will rule in the future world as well. God has put all things under the power of Christ. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but Christ will help you. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but Christ will fight with you. He will give you strength. Is there any sin too great for Jesus? Is there any situation too hard for him? No. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the all-powerful. Jesus is the almighty. Jesus is the all-sufficient. Nothing is too hard for him. Nobody is greater. No stronghold is too hard. Nobody forgives like he forgives. Nobody sets free like he sets free. There's nothing this Jesus can't do. And I began to think this week of all the names God could have given us. I'm almost done. He chose Jesus. You shall call 
him Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He could have gave us a different name, you know, like one that means the most powerful or the most holy or the highest king or the supreme leader, the ruler over the world. But no, he said, my name shall be Jesus. Jesus comes from the Hebrew origins, Yeshua, which is a combination of Yahweh, the name of Israel's God, and the verb, verb Yasha, meaning to rescue, deliver, and save. That's what God wanted us to know him as. Oh, he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the judge. He's the creator, the first, the last, the beginning, and the end. But he said, you shall know me as Jesus. You shall call me Jesus, the one who rescues, the one who saves. Church, don't you know who he is today? Person watching online today, don't you know who he is today? He is Jesus. He is the great rescuer, the great washer of sins, our Savior, the promise of eternal life. And he's the God that wants to help you. He's the God of new beginnings, the God of second chances, the God who knocks on your heart, the God who wants to save you. He is Jesus. joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. For more information about Pursuit, visit PursuitChurchAR.com. Thank you for listening and see you next week.